William Baker is a masterful filmmaker and director whose vertical content has captivated audiences and become a viral source of inspiration. In this episode, we get into the beginnings of his filmmaking journey, his passion for creating educational content, and the driving force behind his signature visual style. This is another episode of the Did I Shutter podcast. How's it going, Will? Or uh, William? Do you like to go Will or William? William. William. It's okay. going. It's going. It's going great. How, how's the snow? <laughs> <laughs> it is. I actually kind of like snow. Um, not gonna lie, but a lot of people here don't actually, but they stay here. It's a conundrum, <laughs> but I, uh, I do like snow. I think it looks pretty. Um, and my dog really likes the colder weather. So yeah. 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 I mean, Texas, to, I, I'm in Texas, so there's really no snow here, but I used to live in Virginia. So like, I know all about the, you know, snow, snow life, having to have like a, a four wheel drive and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, oh, uh, yeah. shoveling the snow. Yeah. I, I don't have Hoover's. a four wheel drive, <laughs> which is a little bit dicier when driving through some of the more intense weather. But I've, I mean, I've been here for the past 10 to 12 years now. And I took my driver's, like first ever driver's training type of thing. It was at night in the winter. So what? I learned how to drive on snow first. At night though? That's crazy. At night, yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I definitely almost got us into a, an accident, um, oh taking God. a turn way too fast, but it didn't happen. Um, we yeah, we yeah. survived. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> so yeah, um, we're just going to talk about uh, you and like how you got into, you know, uh, making short films and becoming a filmmaker and that kind of thing. Um, uh, what, 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 what is your background with uh, like cinematography and film? Like, how'd you get into it? You know, were you into it as like a kid or like, you know, what, where was your starting? <laughs> yeah, I had always really enjoyed storytelling in some capacity for, uh, quite a while while I was young, but I hadn't really considered filmmaking. It just seemed really intimidating until yeah. around 2015. And cool thing about my age is that I am the age of whatever year it is. So 2015, I was 15. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Super convenient. Born in 2000. <laughs> so it's easy to remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So even when now I forget. You're 20 are you 23 now or are you 22 now? <laughs> I'm 22, but I'll be 23 in April. Oh, nice. Yeah. So <laughs> anyways, uh, 20, 2015, I decided to make YouTube videos with friends of mine. Um, we just, we didn't know exactly what we were doing. So we all pitched in for a camera and a microphone. Um, and then I was the only one of us that had a laptop. So I had to edit and I used a free program called Lightworks, Lightworks. which I don't know if it still exists anymore, but it had a red shark on it. That's one of the wow. things I remember. It sucked. Okay. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed editing of all of the all of the YouTube stuff. Editing was my favorite. So shortly thereafter, I went to uh, sort of like a more specialty skills school that had a collection of high schools from it. And my high school was one of them that 
uh, was a part of that. So went to there and it was a filmmaking more so than it was uh, editing specific or anything. So Mm. I learned a lot more about filmmaking and found that I really, really liked the whole process. And I decided to just keep pursuing it. One of the things of that class was we kept making film projects a lot of the time. And I just didn't want to stop. <laughs> like, I, I wanted to keep doing that after I had graduated. And uh, there were some film competitions a part of the class. So after getting into some of those and winning some of those, I had enough money to afford some gear. And I just, I went into the world doing that, doing some freelance and all the way up until where I'm at now. Um, I had always wanted to make content kind of focused around teaching people filmmaking on a more like, if you don't have any money, you've never done it before. This is what I did because I didn't have very much money and I had never really learned any professional way of doing it. There's not a lot of film industry here in Michigan, so it just felt a lot like I'm going to have to figure this out. So I wow. I figured some stuff out. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say Michigan, you know, I mean, it's not really known too much for like, I, I guess, like having like a film, like, uh, I guess, uh, culture or something like that. But yeah, I yeah. Mean, you know, seeing what the stuff you're doing is, uh, is, is amazing, you know, and I feel like, you know, even me, like, whenever I, I mean I found you through Instagram like I, I was like looking at Instagram and like I get you know obviously I'm getting targeted for like these filmmaking uh, uh kind of things and I I saw one of yours I think it was like a stranger things um lighting setup kind of thing and I was like oh my god this is really good I'm gonna follow this guy this guy <laughs> this is really good stuff and um and then I just kept watching more and more of your stuff and I was like I gotta talk to him like you know, I got I got to figure out a way to talk to him because like th- this is just like really, really good stuff. I mean, like what what's your inspiration for like like I guess your shots or kind of like your style or, you know, or do you do you have like any cinematographers or directors that you're like super inspired by? Yeah. Um, so I, I think a, a large part of it is just what I have access to being as limited as it is there's just certain things that work better than other things. Um, like I, I never learned a professional way of going about stuff. Um, so a part of the inspiration was let's set up something that I want to learn. Um, cause like a, a lot of those shots, never things I had tried before. Um, I had the COB60D and the MC. I had bought that like earlier that year. And last year, earlier last year, that was only like a year ago. So it's not not like a long time ago. Um, I had only bought those earlier in 2022. So hadn't really used them. And I thought, okay, I need to, I need to practice with this. So that, that was a large part of... Um, what I was doing that for. Um, and I wanted to just make content from that just cause then in terms of, uh, inspirations, I look at a lot of Roger Deakins cause mm, I love you know, Roger, Roger Deakins. Deakins. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's um, <laughs> I, I like Fincher's style too. Um, like in, in cinematography cause he's got a heavy hand and kind of the look of all of his films. 
I'm very inspired by Christopher Nolan in a lot of ways, one of which being the music too loud for the speaking and people have a hard time hearing what the vocals are. Um, that's uh, yeah, that's saw, something I, a lot I of people have commented on. on. That. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw like a like a video breakdown about like why he does that and like you know how he's trying to force people to go to cinemas and actually like watch the films there kind of thing. So they get like yeah. a full like ambiance of like what's going on. Because I mean, yeah. even if you watch like older films like Indiana Jones or like something from Steven Spielberg, it's kind of it has that like Christopher Nolan kind of like mixing because it was meant for the the theater. It was meant for, you know, the cinema. And um yeah, and he's just like, I'm not gonna you know, I'm like, I, I want people to go watch it, you know, go watch, you know, my films in the, in the movie theaters. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I, cool. I, I enjoy that sort of very present music and sound design in the total mix. Um, yeah. And it was a, uh, to my detriment a few times, it's educational content and I'm mixing the music <laughs> a little too loud, but you know, figuring out the, the nice balance of it. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, yeah, I mean Roger Deakins. Like I was gonna say, I didn't want to say at first because I didn't want to like you know put that on you. But whenever I was watching your stuff, I was like this has like a, a Roger Deakins vibe to it. Like I'm like whoa, like and I love Roger Deakins. You know, I listen to his podcast as well. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just really cool stuff that you got coming out. Um, and after uh, high school, did you go to any like film school or anything like that, or did you just continue out? No, on your own? no, I, no I went school. straight for it on my own. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And and how how do you feel about film school and do you think it's it's needed nowadays or do you feel like how how do you feel about it? Um I think film school, I mean, not having gone to one, it's hard to say for sure. I have a yeah. friend who went to a film school and he did not like it. It wasn't good for him. It didn't go very well. Like the film school in general was kind of crappy. Yeah. So to him, it was not worth it. I, although not going to one, kind of figuring some stuff out myself, I had considered maybe going at some point, but I had another friend who went to a film school and had a great experience. He's actually in Texas as well. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> yeah, he went to, to Baylor. And, Baylor, uh, okay, cool, nice. Yeah, he said that I don't need to go to film school. Like I know enough that it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. So I just didn't. Um, I think for some people, it's really nice to have the access to resources and people. Having a like-minded group of people is really valuable. Yeah. And filmmaking is really hard, especially if you're trying to do it alone. I would say... I had a lot set up for me before even getting into the real world out of high school that made it a lot easier to go for it. And I still struggled to actually end up posting videos online like I've been doing. Um, for some people, having less resources, it might just be too much to figure out on their own. Um, so I, I think it's still a good resource. If it's the difference between you actually going and making films and not, then absolutely it's worth going to film school. But if you are really determined to figure this out or you want to go your own way, like one of the big pieces to my decision is 
I wanted to be a director and I kind of wanted to do that right away. I was fine with taking time and figuring out my own path through it without making money straight out of the gate. Um, just cause. And uh, for yeah. some people, they're willing to go the slow, start as a PA on a bunch of stuff and kind of work your way up the ladder until you get to where you would like to be um, on a film set. Yeah. That wasn't for me. So it's yeah. each each to their own. Um, I think there's still a place for film schools, but it's a whole lot easier to do it without one now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. And um, I actually was going to film school last year and I, I was just uh, doing like some community college classes that were like film related. And then I was going to transfer to UT, uh, University of Texas. But then as I was going about like going to school, I was just like, you know, I have six years in the military, like learning about videography and, you know, documenting. And like, I have so much experience that I felt like I was kind of wasting my time there. And I was like, mm -hmm. I know too much now that I feel like this experience is like, it, it was meant for me whenever I was coming up. But like now I feel like if I want to move up, I have to, you know, do something else. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel, and uh, definitely your stuff. <laughs> I I wouldn't see why you would <laughs> you would need to go. I mean, it's just like you know you have so much like good quality work to show, and and not only that, like I'm pretty sure you could set up something where like you you shoot something small and you know pitch it to like a studio or something like that, and them end up ac accepting it just because of how cool it looks and like how awesome. <laughs> how yeah, awesome the but, setup how awesome the setup is but um yeah man yeah. i mean yeah i think you're you're right i think there's a place for film school if you're just getting started and maybe you don't know anything about film and uh but i mean like you said there's there's always a place like i mean even your instagram and your uh social media to kind of learn about that kind of stuff oh yeah so, yeah yeah i mean but uh yeah uh when did you start first posting uh, reels and that kind of thing. Um, like when, when did you start your, your social media presence? I started in August of 2022. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had wanted to, yes, <laughs> I, I had wanted to do it for a while. Um, one of the first things I thought of was like, oh my God. <laughs> whatever I do, it ha I have to kind of like figure it out on my own, this new, new place. Like I moved in late July. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I could do 30 shots at this new location. And it was sort of like, I can take 30 days off of my job and still have enough money to survive. So wow. that's, that's why it was 30 shots in 30 days. Um, oh, wow. Oh my God. And then it took me 90 days to do it, but that's okay. Wow. Yeah. So were you um, posting every day? Were you posting a new reel every 30 days? Or did you finish the 30 days and then you posted? Or did you finish the, a reel a day kind of thing? Or what, how, how did that work out? I started I started on, well, basically, when I posted the first one in August. I had shot that video like three days before. But I didn't ever shoot two shots before posting one of them. So like it was always... Yeah every shot was completely edited and posted and then I would do the next one. And mm -hmm. because of that, it would take me more often like two to three days to do each one. Um, and I was posting that on TikTok first. Mm. So 
that accumulated quite a bit of views, things performed well enough, and uh, Amran, the lighting company, um, the budget form of Aperture, reached out and they were like, hey, we'll we'll pay you to do some horror shots. That's awesome. Oh my God. And that that happened in October, (laughs) so it just kind of became my job from there. on TikTok, it performed wow. really well, and at the end of October, I was able to finish the 30 shots. That's when I had 75,000 followers, and then wow. I just decided, well, I might as well post it on Instagram. I really didn't like Instagram like as a, yeah. as a f- platform. I didn't understand how it worked very well, but for whatever reason, I just decided to um, post all the TikToks there, and I could post them on Instagram a lot closer to every day. Yeah. Um, and it performed even better than on TikTok by quite a yeah. bit. Yeah. So I mean, that, wow. Yeah, I started posting those on Instagram in December, um, and oh, then I this this last December, this December. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. and then uh, between then and now, it I went up to fr- from like a few thousand followers to three hundred thousand. <sighs> um, so it's all That's very crazy. new. Well all deserved, very though. new to me. Thank well, you. Thank absolutely you. Absolutely well well deserved. Like the quality and the and the the education part of it, it's 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 so good that of course people would follow. Like there's it's not even a question of, about like, you know, there there's no questioning your success for for sure. Like it's just like I feel like your tutorials are kind of unmatched on Instagram just because the quality is so high and the educational content, you feel like you could do it yourself. And I'm pretty sure, you know, you've had a, a few people do, do the same kind of thing you did and kind of like maybe show you about, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. It, 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 the breakdown and everything, the voiceover, the the text, you know, the hook and all that kind of stuff is just like, it's just so good that, yeah, of course, like why, why wouldn't they follow? But yeah, I mean, what? so when you first started posting, did you, did you notice like you had to do anything to um, like, did you have to like tag like a group or something like that to kind of like get, get your first one kind of going like to get some sort of visibility or did you, did you just, was it just like you posted it like no hashtags or anything and just like, it just like kind of blew up. Um, I think, I mean, I used, I used general hashtags um, like film based ones, breakdown based ones, stuff like that. But I mean, I, I honestly started posting on Instagram without the expectation that any of it was going to perform well at all. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I I started posting on TikTok first, trying to think of some strategy and like planning out the music for whatever's performing the best. And on Instagram, I just did exactly what I did on TikTok, but not for Instagram. Like all the sounds were the same between TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And I didn't pay attention to what was trending on Instagram in terms of sounds, what was trending on hashtags. I literally just posted it and it performed really well. Wow. Um, yeah. Do you, I, do you pay pay attention to any of that stuff now? Like do you pay attention to like the music trending trending sounds and stuff now or do you kind of no. just <laughs> Wow. I uh That's so cool. I, I really don't think, I mean, I don't know a lot, but from my experience, I really don't think it matters that much. For some people, it can be really difficult to get posting something that's good quality. 
-hmm. when you have to think about the strategy that that goes into all of it. Um, I know for when I was doing TikTok, that had happened a few times where I kind of got trapped by, oh, I've got to make sure to do it like this so that it performs well instead of just making something that was good. So on Instagram, I I didn't really do that and it performed better than on TikTok. So I, I don't think people necessarily need to implement a bunch of strategy, paying attention to all the trends. Like just make something that's good and it'll work. I mean, it it worked for me. I don't know if it'll work better if you pay attention to trends, but it'll at least work. Like that's the important, that's the important part is if you can get this to be something that you're actually doing as a career path, if you're really into that. Um, Yeah. So just, so just like kind of like make good stuff, make things that you think people will like to see and don't necessarily think, overthink about like is this sound going to be the best sound for you know what people want yeah Yeah. that's 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 crazy that's that's really good advice too i mean i mean you started posting in december that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's absolutely nuts but um man uh yeah but that's it's such a good success story about like you know um just put good stuff out there and the followers will come and don't, I I feel like people get so clouded in their mind about like, Oh, you know, like this sound is really up right now. Or like if I get this many followers by this time, then I'll be able to do this and this and this. And I feel like when you're just, when you just care about the actual thing that you're making and posting, it's going to be way better than somebody who's just trying to follow the trends or something like that. Yeah. And I I think it really, at the end of the day, it's something that you're going to be happier with something that can happen very quickly is you're doing things for lots of views and stuff. Um, But if you're not enjoying the thing you're making, then it's really no different than working a normal job. Hmm. And people kind of get so stuck in pursuing that success that they essentially create a normal job that they wouldn't really like they they worked so hard to make this social media account to not work a normal job to do this thing they dreamed of but at the end of the day they're treating it like a normal job and kind of justifying that this is what they want to be doing but making things that you actually care to show people i think people see that like you have the excitement and care for it yeah yeah, I think they do. Uh, definitely, they do see that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's awesome what what's happened uh, uh, for you because like I, I watch probably your videos. Like I'll just be scrolling and I'll be like, oh, there's another another uh, William Baker video. Let me watch that. Let me see what I can learn today. But um, yeah, that's 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 really cool. And uh, how long does it usually take to like plan or like set up these kind of uh, like eat like a real oh that teaches cinematography and like that kind of thing. Um, I probably spend, uh, just a little bit of time thinking about it. Normally it's something where I think about it last minute. Like I've, I've got some idea that I want to try and it's something of a, oh, I haven't shot anything at this location or I see something on shot deck or something like that as inspiration. Mm -hmm. Um, then shooting takes two to three hours, maybe. You have to set it up, but then you also have to show the setup process. 
So it's kind of like redoing a bunch of things and going a, a very inefficient way, um, <laughs> which is annoying, but it's, it's good. The more, the more you do that where you're kind of giving examples and showing illustrations of things, the easier it is to teach people it. Um, it takes me an hour to two hours to write a script and shoot the talking head, and then two to three hours to edit a video. So I, I generally plan on maybe like eight hours per. Um, For real. Yeah, five five to eight hours is is generally, yeah. Wow. And are, are you like a one-man like show? Like are you doing it by yourself or do you have like friends come out? and Oh, you're doing it by yourself. Wow. I am doing it by myself 95% of the time. Occasionally <laughs> I might wow. get help of someone else, but a lot of the people that I know aren't actually filmmakers. Um, really? Yeah. A lot of on-set stuff that I do with people, like film projects of mine on YouTube, I don't work with people who make films. They're kind of just friends that I teach on the day and we figure wow. it out. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. Uh, and I get what you mean too. Like after dropping, like kind of dropping out of film school, like I, I've had to use my friends for my films as well. And I'm currently working on a short film right now. And I have to like teach them like, oh, this is how you slay. This is how you, you know, like help set up a lie. Or this is how you, you know, uh, this is what uh, like like a soft bucket, a soft box is. This is what like a clamp is. You know, this is what gaffer tape does. You know, this is like this is what you should be wearing on a set. Like wear black, you know, so that you, you minimize the reflection. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like you have to kind of like teach your friends to to be filmmakers so that you can make your films. Yes. But yeah, yeah. I mean, 95% yourself. I mean, that just shows like people listening, like that just shows you like you can, you can do it yourself. Like there, there's really no excuses to not go and make something cool and awesome. And, you know, and man, that, that that's an inspiration to me right now too, because, you know, even I get myself in that block thinking like, Oh, I don't think I have enough people today, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and there's, there's no reason to think like that. And yeah wow <laughs> that's 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 really that's really awesome um and uh i i did do some snooping online and i found uh your uh well i didn't have to look too hard but i found your like short film life i thought that was yeah. really it was really in the end the ending i was like whoa and for some reason the pacing it was paced so well that it was like 42 46 seconds yeah, I something think, like that. Yeah. Yeah, but it it felt like maybe like a minute or two. Like it actually felt like I was watching a an elaborate story, like kind of like building up, and and I thought that was really interesting. Do you are you planning anything like that now? Are you doing any sort of like short films that you're kind of like looking towards now? I have tons of ideas written down and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I did shoot something back in April, um, but I just haven't gotten to editing it. And I'm sure I will at some point soon, but it was, it was something. It was a challenge. We were shooting, I mean, here in Michigan, sometimes it'll snow all the way up to like April or May. So <laughs> wow. it was kind of, oh it, it was like this snow rain mixture and it was really annoying to work in. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't have anything that I'm like, going for right now in terms of film projects I've just uh I've been really excited to try some more educational things and kind of work on 
some more content oriented stuff for right now. Um, films will come at some point, but the, the main thing that I want to do is I want to be making films and teaching people how I'm doing it along the way. One of the interesting things about, well, I mean, for me and for filmmaking is that every film is different. It presents different challenges. There's different things to focus on. Um, and I get bored of stuff really quickly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing Same. these, these shot breakdowns and there's the lighting and setting up the camera and all that sort of stuff. And it's very like lighting heavy. That was something yeah. I needed to learn. I feel like I've got a decent enough grasp on the lighting stuff and I'm like, okay, I can, con I can continue making these videos, but I want to start pushing into something else, like learning a new skill in a different area. Um, I don't know where that area is next, but um, I definitely think that doing films, like making short films, um, that variety of challenge is exciting. And it would be exciting for other people to learn where it's sort of like, Maybe this one is more focused on what you're looking for, but if not, then the next one might be. Um, yeah. That sort of thing. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's just fun and cool, and it's really awesome to share it. Yeah, it is. It is fun. I mean, it, I mean, it, it is cool to that you're that you're showing this kind of stuff and you're making these these uh, these types of videos. Um, but yeah, I mean, do do you ever find yourself like in like a kind of like a writer's block or anything like that? Or do you always just have ideas? Um, it's not very helpful, but I, I have not really found myself in that position very often. I, I think, yeah. um, one of the things people run into, and this is something that I ran into briefly in terms of content. Um, I, I'm still doing shot breakdowns, but I was starting to think, Oh, what's the next piece of content? And I couldn't think of anything. And I kept having these ideas for, for things that I could do, but I'm like, that's not very practical. That's not very doable. Hmm. And I thought about it a little bit and I'm like, I used to say, oh, I'll try that. I'll do that. That doesn't seem possible, but let's give it a shot. Um, one of the things that I think people run into is that they're looking for something specific, like when they sit down to write something um, or when they're trying to think of an idea of what to, to shoot next or what to do in terms of filmmaking. And, and they put limits on what could be done and what couldn't. And I think it would be a really, it's really helpful for me and I think it would be really helpful for other people is if any idea they have, regardless of how impossible it seems, put it down and uh, see if you can make it regardless. Like just, mm. just try for it. And if it doesn't turn out the way that you want it to, or um, you have to cut some stuff out of it that you really were looking forward to, it's like, okay, bummer, but you're still getting to make something. You're, you're starting with something impossible and you're making it possible. Yeah. But I think a lot of people would be surprised just how much they would actually be able to do. I have, I have a, I go into every film project under the idea of I'm not going to enjoy it unless I'm trying to do something that I think I can't actually do. Um, and then I try to do it regardless. 
So one film, a good example, uh, I made a prop rabbit. It took me 30 hours. I basically <laughs> filled it with styrofoam, um, like I made styrofoam parts to it. Yeah. I used toothpicks to kind of keep some parts together, but it had to be floppy. So I also used tape um, and then had just areas, gaps where it could flop around but stay together. And then I wrapped real rabbit fur around it and then sewed it on. And then I had to get like eyes and ears and uh, <laughs> uh, something else. Oh, we had to shave the fur so that it wasn't too long. It was a process, but yeah, I did it and it looked actually pretty decent. Um, and that's this, the, this is for a short film that you were doing or yeah. Yes. Um, wow. that's the, that's the sort of thing that I do with every film project. There's always some sort of challenge to overcome that just isn't, that doesn't strike me as something that I have the skills of or know how to do, but I do it anyways, and it's just fun. Um, and then I have yeah. like talented people around me who know more, and they can help me along the way. And yeah, it's it's really really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, just giving it a shot is better than just like thinking about it and maybe writing it down and saying, "Oh, I'll do that in a year when I do have the resources for that." Or I'll, I'll, I'll when I find somebody that has the resource for this, then I'll 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 tackle that. I think your process, your 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 uh, advice about like just going for it is probably the best advice because I mean that like what makes you different is your ideas. And if you're not executing your ideas, no matter, you know, if you don't, I mean, if you don't have like an Ari Alexa or something like that, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, go, go make what you want to make. Like, like why, why I feel like so many people have like, are like asking for permission to do things because they're not used to just like going and, and, and I guess believing in themselves. But yeah. um, I, I think what you're saying is is really is really good for people to hear because, I mean, you're doing it, you said 92% by yourself or 95% by yourself. And I, I think that's truly inspiring. But um, yeah, on another note, um, I was going to say, uh, so when you make educational content and you're editing it, I'm an editor. That's why I do freelance. Uh, that's kind of like my job that I do, uh, you know, to pay the bills. So I kind of understand from a editor's aspect that when you're editing something, you have a, a something in mind. You have an idea in mind about you're you're thinking about how the viewer thinks about your video. So whenever you're making your reels, do you ever think about like how they're structured as far as like you know the hook and like uh, getting getting uh, I guess getting the retention. Uh, do you ever, like, is there, is there a formula or something that you go by, uh, for your reels? Absolutely. Um, I found a few different rules that I kind of follow. Um, I won't get into those two specifically, but the, mm -hmm. the main one is showing what the shot is. The better the shot, the better the video is going to do. That's kind of the first piece of it. Mm -hmm. Getting into actually setting that shot up as quickly as possible. Um, I found when I do things where I say, first, let's turn off the lights. People just like, they don't care. <laughs> they're, they're gone. Because <laughs> I mean, like from turning off the lights, what do you cut to? A black 
room. Like it's just complete darkness. So that's not interesting. People can assume that if you're starting with darkness and then you're turning on a light, that the lights were probably off. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So it's getting into it. And I pick three things to really educate on. Um, The second one, the middle one, is the more elaborate of the three. So the first thing is more of a explanation of what I'm setting up. So best example I would say is probably there's a fridge shot of mine. The first thing I do is I tape down the light in the fridge which is, you know, turning off a light, actually, but it is it is a little bit different. Um, I then set up an MC to be the light in the fridge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, before doing any of these little educational segments, you want to show what it was beforehand and how you're planning on improving it, like why that doesn't work. So I started by having just the light in the fridge as normal and then I said but I want something cooler and so I set up an objective and then I explained how I would achieve that objective for the first and the last one it can just be set up an objective and then show what you do to achieve it without needing to educate anyone on anything Um, the middle one has to be something more educational. So you kind of set up something, explain what it is you're setting up and what you're aiming for, and then show how something about it is actually incorrect. And the reason it is incorrect is blank. And then you explain some some concept of filmmaking, and then uh, you set it up the correct way. And the last step then ends up being some sort of like cherry on top. It's like changing colors of lights or adding haze, something that takes the shot from, oh yeah, this is kind of, I can see where you're going to, oh yeah, that's what really makes it into its, its very nice compositional whatever, yeah. whatever it is. So That's like a polished, yeah. a polished shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I found that that sort of, way of uh, going about those videos uh, works best. And I actually plan out those educational points before I shoot um, or while I'm shooting. Because to do it in the edit, it's there might be footage that you need that you don't have. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to be in that position. Yeah, you, you don't want to be battling yourself and thinking to yourself, man, who shot this? And then like, oh, I shot this. That's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Got to tell him next time, next, you know, to figure it yeah. out. But, or or and, like rushing a shot kind of thing because you, right. you missed a shot. Yeah. Yeah, and the talking head has to be shot first, and that's the script. So whatever, I have to sort of think about the edit before I script it. Um, and then whatever I script, I have to actually make happen in the edit. So it's a it's a little bit uh, less editing storytelling, um, but there are fun little moments that I find like, where like I, I set up the camera and I shot it and I let it roll for however long and I'm like oh I said something funny in there, <laughs> I'm gonna definitely use that. So <laughs> that'll that'll happen a lot. It's a lot of yeah. that storytelling. I'm, I'm trying to get people a good idea of what I'm doing and give them an idea of what the challenges I ran into. It's like storytelling and educating. And it, it's, uh, I, I've very much enjoyed how 
other people have felt invited to do exactly the same thing where it's like, they'll take a shot that I did and they'll, they'll copy it. Um, yeah, or I, I, saw, do, I, I saw on some of your tagged videos, like they were copying your shots and tagging you in the video to see how they did maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some people who would, uh, who started to do their own 30 shots in 30 days, um, wow. sometimes in like other countries and other languages. And I'm like, yeah. that is so awesome. I, I don't, I love that people are are going and copying. I had a few people ask, um, which was like super nice of them to to consider and ask. But like, people should feel very invited to to just go for that sort of stuff and and copy. I don't think ideas should be as restrictive as some people keep them. Um, I think. Uh, I'm really, I'm really trying to reach people and show people that they can do some stuff. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna go into filmmaking, then go and do it. Um, don't let the resources that you have be the limiting factor. Um, so I am, you know, if if it works for somebody else to do the same thing, then yeah, absolutely, go for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean. And, and the outreach is, is absolutely uh, global. You know, I, I, I did look at some of your tag stuff and, and I, and I saw like, there's people from like literally across the world trying to do the 30 days, trying to do, you know, these cool setups, light shot things. And it's, 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 it's really, it's really awesome to see that. And, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's great. Uh, another question I have for you, um, it might be a little bit, uh, you know, a tangent, but um, the mise en scene. So, like the 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 setup, the 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 location. Is it hard finding a different location and like props to make it look different than every other reel? Or do you like how how do you go about doing that? Because I, I look at your reels and you're it always seems like you're in a different place. <laughs> yeah. How, how is that? How is that possible? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm actually not for the most part. So really? yeah, it's, it's majority of the shots are in my condo. Um, no way for uh, in, in your condo. So all, you don't have, you don't have like a studio or like something that you're doing. I have a somewhat of a partnership with a studio right now. Um, but I've only shot maybe two things there at this point. Wow. So yeah, they're all at the condo. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> it's uh it's not big either. It's, it's uh, uh, like seven rooms total. So I've just been trying to think of different ways to light it to make it look a lot differently. I am running out of ideas for how to make this condo <laughs> look like it's a bunch of different places. So I definitely would like to start doing more um, out in other locations like friends' houses and stuff. It's just nice to have variety when it comes to how to light something. Um, there's different challenges presented by different locations, but, but a lot of the ideas start with how can I do this here at the condo or how can I make this room look different than I have in the past? Um, and there's a lot you can do with lighting. I don't do so much prop setup and set design or, or anything like that. Like I'll move a few things around, but, um, I do really, really want to have, like at that studio, I would love to have sets made 
and have all of that nice variety in that. So yeah, I'm hopeful. And, and, uh, do you, do you mind sharing like what studio that is or probably not because like people are going to like look it up and that kind of thing, but well, um, that, I mean, that's what that studio would very much like. It's oh, a okay. black, <laughs> black pigeon studios is the name of it. Um, okay, cool. yeah, cool. they're, they're pretty new, uh, and they just got a new location. So if you're in West Michigan, go and check that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. Good shout out too for them. I mean, they're enabling you to do these awesome educational videos. So that's, that's great. I mean, yeah. Uh, I feel like a, a big thing in cinematography and I, uh, I, I re I realized this just by, uh, reading and like, kind of like doing like shot breakdowns on my own, like just like studying different, different directors like Kurosawa and that kind of thing. And it, it is a lot of mise-en-scene and it's, it's funny that you naturally just know to do that. You know, I, I feel like you have like so, so many different setups that I'm just like, I mean, where is he going for this stuff? Like <laughs> it just, it's just crazy to me that you're doing it all in your condo. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it just shows people again, you could do it in your house. <laughs> go, go, yeah, absolutely. Go, go do it in your room. <laughs> learn learn different setups do do your own 30 day kind of thing you know and um yeah that's 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 great um is there anything that are there any movies recently that that have really struck you and this is going to be another i guess off topic kind of thing like the do you watch are you are you more um interested in movies like from the past or like more modern movies like is there anything recently that you've kind of seen that's inspired you to create uh more or like different types of content uh, I enjoy more modern movies. I I find old movies more boring, <laughs> but I know that oh, they all revolutionized something. Oh. The the issue is that they revolutionized something that became normalized. So yeah. it's not like it's new. It's just it was new at the time, but I wasn't alive at that time. So. Yeah, I'm not into old you're, stuff you're, you're that much. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right though. Like, there's, um, I forgot what it was called in film school. It was called, uh, I think, I believe it was like cinematic language or something. Like everybody, every audience member that goes into the movies has a built-in cinematic language that they're kind of uh, attuned with. And if yeah. they see an older film, they're like, oh, this the language in this film is is, is somewhat old and and dated. I, I don't really feel like watching it. So, yeah, and I might be saying it wrong. If there's any like, you know, professors out there that have the right terminology for it, then, you know, leave a comment or something. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I understand what you mean by that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that being said, what what films have you seen that are like really great that you've checked out? Yeah. So uh, I, I would say one of the more revolutionary films for me was uh, Interstellar. I didn't actually see it mm. in theater, which I'm really bummed about. Um yeah. But it was it was not my first time experiencing a, a Chris Nolan film. It was my first time having a movie experience where the visuals were very epic and the sound and music were all very epic. Like it just it felt like a very it was an epic, but it wasn't a sort of um slow old epic or modern blockbuster epic it was a little bit more of a proper story um well done well told i just it was really good um i mean it's still really good but yeah that it, it, it and really 
the the uh, Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Heck yeah. And <laughs> Fincher Fincher films for sure, like The Social Network and Seven. Um, Seven, yeah. Denis Villeneuve has been a huge recent inspiration, probably most inspiring um, in the past few years for me. I I love Blade Runner. Um, I, I would say a lot of the cinematography in the stuff that I'm doing, that like Roger Deakins on Blade Runner, that's what I'm oh, looking at. Yeah, that I mean... And I and I was even like I said in the beginning, like I was thinking like, oh wow, they, he's very inspired by Roger Deakins. I can tell, you know, just how like the shadows fall and how he he's not afraid to let the shot be darker than it than it than most people would be, you know. Um, it's it's definitely it, it feels uh, very Deakins to me, but also like you, you know, it's your obviously your own taste and yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know how to say that. What was it, Denny Denny Villu? Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. It's okay, French, yeah. so the I, I know the he did. I know he did the v- movie. silent dish. <laughs> yes, Villeneuve. yes, he did. That that was a huge one. My favorite yeah, of his, uh, yeah, my favorite of his is actually some uh, one called Prisoners, which is sort of not oh, like crazy well known. Yeah, yeah it's really one. good. I, it is really good. I didn't I know it was directed by uh, Denis at first. I also did not know that Roger Deakins did the cinematography for that one. And I didn't know that it was scored by Johan Johansson or Johan Johansson. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but um, all three of those are big. Like I'm a huge fan of their their perfect like of them and their professions. Like top one or two favorites in those professions. Didn't know any of that going in. As I was watching it, I'm like who who made this this is amazing and of course (laughs) it was like three of my favorite favorite people um who may who do filmmaking stuff so it's like oh of course no wonder um it just surprised me it's really really good yeah i I have to watch that after this like i've heard too many good things about it now for me not to watch it so yeah definitely after this I'll, i'll watch it for sure um have you have you seen the Sicario? He also made that. Denny also made that. With, yeah, uh, first time I saw it, I actually I actually didn't like it that much. <laughs> you didn't but, really. <laughs> but then I watched it again, and I'm like, oh, I was just dumb the first time because it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's fantastic. I mean the cinematography, the fact that he went and watched uh, Roger Deakins went and based kind of like parts of the film, like the way it was shot, off of a a documentary about the drug cartels and that kind of thing. Um, really was was yeah he he um he was talking about it on his podcast one time that he based uh some of the style i guess and some of how like how it was shot in like broad daylight off of a documentary that he saw about um the drug cartels i forgot what what it what it was what it was called but um i wish i knew the name of that film i have bad memory when it comes to movies like i'm like what was that name what was that movie who was that guy and and you know it's 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 just really cool to see that. Um, you seem to really know even the composers of the film as well. Like, are are you are you into music too, or like do you do music stuff on the side? I don't know anything about how to make music, but I have a I have something called synesthesia, and okay. so what ends up happening it it's easier to describe with other things. So I like every number has a color to it. Mm-hmm. Like five is always red and it's the same shade of red and it has been my entire life. Um, yeah. 
days of the week have colors, months wow. in the year have <laughs> colors, the time of day has colors, like everything has colors to it. That's the easier way of explaining synesthesia. The more complex piece to it is that I also see music. Um, and I don't know really? how to explain it. To me, it's like, I don't understand how other people don't see music. Cause it just, I feel like I'm always explaining it wrong or something like that. But, but you, other people so you, say like, you visually see music. Yes. Um, and it's, it's very abstract. So oftentimes it's more textures. There's some colors, but not many colors in it. Um, I'd say textures is probably the big one. I see it very layered. Um, and so I'll be seeing things that are higher frequency, up higher, lower frequency, lower. But it's also somewhat dependent on like other elements. It's hard to explain, but one of the things that can sometimes happen is that I get clear vis visualization and ideas from pieces of music that are like scenes or yeah. shots from from films um, that I intend to make. Uh, a lot of the films that I've made are based on pieces of music. So that's different, but it is why music is such a huge thing for me. And it, these, these shots, these films, they have nothing to do with the lyrics. Lyrics can sometimes actually be completely different than what I'm actually making. Um, wow. So wow. that's, that's kind of like, a, I'd consider it a specialty skill that is inherent to not something you can learn. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's yeah, my that, fascination. That's, really, that's, that's really cool. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Yeah. yeah. It's, wow. it's given me this fascination for, for the music side of things, even though I don't know how to play at all. Um, so yeah, composers are very huge. I noticed, yeah, every time we talk, I mean, every time we bring up a new film, you're like, oh, yeah, that's the, the composer for this one is this. I'm like, what? <laughs> this guy's into music, man. I'm like, nah, synesthesia, man. I got to look that up. That's, yeah. that's cool. Do you ever find yourself editing when you're editing and you have to like just kind of put music in the background to kind of like keep keep the pacing of the video? Do you ever feel like like maybe um, like you're not doing the music that you want to do? Or do you always find music that kind of matches the the vibe that you're in tune with do you, do you like because I, I feel like i feel like when i edit some videos i have to add a song that i wouldn't necessarily necessarily listen to on my own but it works for social media and do you ever find yourself in that in that kind of spot when you're editing yes i often make things based on music like i'll, I'll always start by getting music first um yeah i don't think i've almost ever edited anything where I started by editing and then found music afterwards. Um, yeah. So I'll find something that fits. It takes me a long time to do it too. <laughs> I spend a lot yeah. of time looking for music, but yeah. I, after finding something that fits well to me, I then uh, edit it very to the music. The music is in the forefront. Um, so it, it like a uh, baby driver is a good instance of this. Everything mm -hmm. is timed to the music. It's almost like yeah. the music is sort of driving the action, everything that's happening. I edit very like that. Um, but for TikTok, there are sometimes viral sounds that aren't 
anything that I want to use. Like, there's no shot that I have that'll work for it. And there there had been a few times where I did just use something that was kind of going viral instead of something that fit. For the most part, I used things that fit. But when I when I started doing some edits for Amaran, I gave them some videos and I'm like, I don't really have any specific piece of music in mind. And then they just put something on it and it was like, it's wrong. Like it doesn't work. Oh, that doesn't make no. any sense. It doesn't fit. But yeah. it worked really well for them because it was a viral sound. And I just can't, I can't do that all the time because sometimes it yeah. just really is incorrect. Um, yeah. I just don't, it doesn't work together. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, it can be, I it can be a little that. annoying. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to work for, you know, uh, um, for my company or not my company, but the company I work for. Um, and sometimes a sound is recommended like a music sound and it takes me a while to find the music as well. Uh, just because I kind of know what paces well and what kind of like matches the video, like the, the visuals. So like, and then when they recommend something that's like a dubstep thing or something like hmm. that, I'm just kind of like, Oh well, this doesn't match what you're trying to, the message you're trying to portray, or like kind of like the tone tonation of the video. So yeah, I, I understand what you mean about about that totally. I mean, but uh, you know, sometimes you got to make sacrifices for yeah <laughs> for yeah for your job and that kind of thing. But yeah, um, I guess uh, I'll throw one last question at you. Uh, you know, before we wrap it up, but um, this is kind of like a uh, I guess like an off wall question I, I mean i guess like all my questions have kind of been all over the place today but um <laughs> uh when you start directing are are you gonna be are you would you work with like a cinematographer or anything like that or would you be shooting your own stuff um that's a good question i would love to start working with a dp i'd like to start working with people who are more qualified in filmmaking actually yeah. like understand some of it i think that's that's sort of a next step. Um, I mean, you're whatever I have available. I <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, more, more so. Like, I, I want to direct. Or something? Um, yeah, yeah, specialized. And I want to, I want to direct. I want to pay attention to performances and working with the actors. And I, I definitely enjoy the visuals. I'll always have somewhat of a heavy hand in the visual style of any film project, but. Mm -hmm. I'd love to start handing things to a DP. And I, ha I have some friends who are more qualified in that. Um, and I always feel like, yeah, they can, they can give me what I want. Like our, our talents are, are matched. And so yeah. I can hand them the lights in the camera and say, all right, go for it. I have this in mind, um, but I really want to do that do that to a more extreme degree. Like I want to start working with somebody who can help inform the visual style and maybe they have something yeah. in mind that I don't, I didn't think of. Um, yeah. yeah. So that to me is sort of a, a huge next step. I also want to not be operating the camera all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it'd be really nice to just like watch a monitor and yeah. look at the performances, but also pay attention to the shot and then start thinking about how it's going to work in the editing. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's ab absolutely, I understand that. Uh, you know, I mean, my, I myself want to be a director too. So like making my film, I'm like, you know, I really want 
somebody on this camera so that I can actually like talk to the actor or like, you know, suggest a different lighting setup and maybe they understand how to execute that better than I do. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I fully understand that. I feel like a lot of people, a lot, especially a lot of like, like younger people, when they first get into filmmaking, they kind of feel like it's all on them to make it because they kind of want all the credit for it or something. But if, yeah. if you know, if you made a film before, you got to kind of understand or if you made any sort of like project with a, a, a team, you kind of got to understand that it's a team effort. The film that you make or the movie that you're going to make in the future, it's going to be a team effort. You know, you can't do, uh, you know, all the visuals and like all the VFX by yourself. You know, you, it requires a team to create something beautiful and you know being the director is just kind of like being the visual lead of that team and being kind of like a leader or manager of like the visual style and not only the visual style but just kind of the the vibe of the film essentially and yeah i feel like once people kind of let go of you know being so precious over things it's it helps things be easier for not only them but for everybody else that's working on the movie so yeah but yeah yeah. Um, yeah. That was my last question. Yeah. Thank you for for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I mean, you yeah. Know, I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't think you were going to respond at first. I was like, I hope he responds, but you know, I uh, I yeah. try to respond to literally everybody who messages me because I think <laughs> oh it's just gosh. such a it's such a privilege to be able to like speak to some of these people directly. So to, to yeah. me, this is like this is one of those cool opportunities that I get to do, and even if. I'm busy and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, someone, someone might say, oh, you shouldn't necessarily take that. They should maybe pay you something. It's like, no, this is, no, that's dumb. <laughs> I, this is like a, I, nobody had ever invited me on a podcast before I started making content. So this is a privilege and it's exciting to just get to talk about film stuff with, with people. So yeah, yeah this was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really great. And then just getting to know about like you know every all your knowledge and kind of like the behind the scenes of like what you're doing is just it's just such an, a great opportunity and I think a lot of people would love hearing about that and hopefully what what I hope is that it inspires them to actually go out and make things that they've been kind of putting in the back burner so yeah that's yeah. absolutely my goal I I really want to encourage people because I I started and I didn't feel like I felt kind of discouraged by how many people told me Oh, you've ha you have to go to film school. You have to work on film sets. It's like, at the time I started, the idea of going your own path through it wasn't a thing. And although that's becoming more and more of a thing now, there's still a lot of easy ways to get discouraged by it. So I'm I'm trying with with everything I can to just show people that like you can totally do it. Like encouraging people to just give it a try and see what they can actually do give it some time, invest, and you'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, um, everybody, uh, Williams, uh, uh, links and everything will be in the description so you can go follow him. But, uh, William, is there anything that you would want to, uh, shout out or like, you know, let people know about that's coming up or anything like that? I don't think so, but I guess one thing that I am, looking to do more often is live streaming my setups of shots. So oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, I guess look out for that right now. I'm doing it on TikTok, but at some point I'm hoping to do it on both TikTok and Instagram. So look out for live streams. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, I've never seen that before. That's like a really cool idea, you know, so people can actually like 
see the process and how long it takes and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, all of William's links will be in the description below. Um, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me.